Hello, my name is Luke Hatfield. You're here listening to the very first Shropshire football podcast brought to you by the team here at the Shropshire Star and we are joined by a man Shropshire football fans will know all about, previously referred to on another podcast as a good egg, (laughs) Mr. Joe Edwards. Joe, how are you? I'm very good, mate. This is, you know, a, a historic uh, occasion. This is the first Shropshire football podcast. We couldn't really think of a more imaginative name, but we thought, you know, it's it's Shropshire, it's football, it's a podcast. You know, it ticks, ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Really, exactly what it says on the tin. I mean, it's it's going to be a bi-weekly or fortnightly podcast brought to you by here, brought to you by the team here at the Shropshire Star. Unfortunately, one man who will be heavily involved is has decided to take a day off today, Mr. Lewis Cox. Yeah, he's, he's uh, genuinely sorrows a little bit, I suppose. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about that uh, in this podcast, uh, Shrewsbury's uh, result last night against uh, against Burton in the Carabao Cup. Didn't really go uh, the way they really wanted it to. No. But, um, you know, he, the, the game that I was at... Uh, Went to went went swimming leave, so uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah, you're always lucky with the games you get to go to, Joe. Talking about fortnightly, Fortnite, the game. You play much? Um, I play a little bit. Um, not a, like a massive fan. Mm. Uh, I'm not one of these, you know. That uh, I've got my nephew who I uh, challenged him the other day to go a day without flossing. Um, oh yeah, and you know, and if uh, for listeners who aren't aware, flossing is the is the uh, the dance that you know first came to to light on Fortnite. It's mm-hmm. you know if if you've got any young relatives, you know they'll be doing it pretty much all day every day. It's almost like a, you know it's almost contagious. Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> people can't seem to stop doing it. And I, I challenged him. I said, you know, can you go a day without flossing? And he said, no, I definitely can't. I said. Can you do ten minutes? And that, and that, <laughs> from and a day to ten minutes is a pretty. Big yeah, job. I just thought you know, what, can can he do ten minutes? And he lasted thirty seconds. So and uh, I also uh, challenged my girlfriend's little sister to, to do the same, and she had to tie her arms behind her back, kind of you know, put her arms behind her back to try mm. and stop herself from doing it. But then ended up doing it anyway. So this 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 flossing stuff and you know, we've seen it in football celebrations as well. That that guy against Villa the other the, the other night did the You did beat the me to ta- that point. The tight the L dance and then ended up getting his goal disallowed. It's a, it's an absolute, <laughs> you know, favour, isn't it? Fortnite, fortnightly. It's it's all the rage. So that's that's why we're doing it fortnightly. We you know, we we're we're following the trend. Yeah, it's got exactly and it's got absolutely nothing to do with us being you know, hard pressed for time or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you touched on the point. JSE me at Yeovil last night. I mean, I watched the Villa game and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a bad one for Villa. I don't know how they got through. A bit, bit bad we're talking about Aston Villa and a structural football podcast, but we'll podcast, but we'll quickly we'll quickly get on to the point I was trying to make. What what do you do when you celebrate? Because Joe, I'm not sure if the listeners know this, but Joe is a, is a prolific Sunday league, maybe even previously a Saturday league before he took up his role here. Mm. Striker, what's your go-to celebration? Um, it was when I was more prolific. It was the jumping uh, fist punch. Oh yeah. So it. It, it, it obviously dependent on the goal. You, you've got to pick your spots. Mm. You know, if you're losing five nil and get a consolation, you know the jumping fist punch can, you know, can irk a few people. But yeah, that that was my. <laughs> Go to um, 
you know, I've in my time I've done the you know the old Bernardo Karate, get the corner flag and night, you know, your oh, teammates. Yes. You, you know, I've done, done them all, but goals are less and less frequent these days. So uh, I tend to just kind of do an understated, you know, you know, kind of thanks for passing it to me, kind of thing. I do this in my sleep. Oh, <laughs> that, that kind of uh, that yeah. kind of celebration. Yeah, that happens all the time. I was a goalkeeper, see. I was a mm. goalkeeper when I was playing, so it's very rare I got to celebrate anything unless it was a save penalty, which happened once. But I, I yeah, like a Joe Hart roar. Yes, yeah, similarly, but like you know, when you it's Sunday league and it, there's about four people watching. Yeah. One of them's a dog walker. Um, you don't really get the same hype, I imagine. But if you had to give me a favourite ever celebration, Joe, from Premier League, League One, Championship, wherever you can remember, do you have a favourite celebration you've ever seen? I did like that karate one, the the knighting of the with the corner flag. Mm. I mean, if if anyone unaware, when before City went, you know, big money, they had a striker Bernardo Karate. I think that's I think that's I think that's the correct. I, I think that's I think it's yeah. Probably. It was an aging Italian striker. with had him for about six months, and I think he scored about two or three goals for City. But mm. when he scored, he'd get the corner flag out the ground. Groundsman uh, must love that, by the way. <laughs> And then one of his teammates would, would kneel on one knee, and then he he would knight them as if he were the queen or you know or the king. I, I, I thought, yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like it since he was a true trailblazer. Yeah, that, 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 that that's mine. That's mine. You know mine. Shearer. Yeah, Shearer. Oh, Shearer's is one of the worst celebrations. It's iconic. It's iconic, but dearie me, is it boring? No, my favourite one: Emmanuel Adebayor versus Arsenal scores. Runs the entire length of the pitch and slides in front of the Gunners fans. I could not get enough of it. I watch that back at least once every four or five months. Just, just, just gives me them goosebumps. It's just a disgusting show of you know lack of sportsmanship. That's what I love about it. You won't, you won't catch any of that from any of the Shrewsbury or Telford players. I tell you what, you know the. I wouldn't be caught doing that. They're a good bunch. Yeah, well, they certainly are. And let's get on to it because we, we've been talking, Joe, for nearly seven minutes now and we haven't even touched <laughs> on Shropshire football yet. Let's start with the game you mentioned earlier. Shrewsbury Town 1, Burton Albion 2. Shrewsbury Town are out of the Carabao Cup at the first hurdle. It's not been a great start for them this season, has it? It's not been a great start. And I think, you know, in the back of our minds, as much as, you know, none of us really wanted to to say that this was kind of expected. Uh, last season was a miracle season. Um, it was always going to be difficult to replicate that, especially from the get-go. Of course, it's early days. They could go on to to achieve what they did under Hurst or even or even better, better it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, tough going early on. There's just been so many new players come in, 15 mm. new players. John Askey clearly doesn't know what his best side is yet which you wouldn't do because you've brought in so many players of varying levels of of ability and fitness. He's figuring out what his best side is. And um, yeah, the the fact that they've lost in the cup isn't isn't disgraceful. It's you know, it's against Burton who are in their division who will probably be strong this season. Yeah. Um and I don't think too many town fans were holding out out for a, a massive cup run. Of course mm. it would have been nice to played you know, Man United, Chelsea in the Cubs over the past few years, got to the final of the Checker trade last year. But um yeah, this isn't this isn't the bread and butter for Shrewsbury. You know, their 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 concern is the league. So 
they've got to get things right in that. That's the main. Uh, that's the main aim. That is the worry, isn't it? Because Shrewsbury obviously did so so well last season under Hurst. So so well with all these players who have now obviously moved on. There was a lot of worry when you know you saw the likes of them go that Shrewsbury Town are going to be back to where they were before Hurst came in, which was. No, no, no. It's a bit harsh to say, but they're worrying about relegation before Hurst came in. Yeah, is it is it going to be another one of those seasons? I personally don't think so. Um, I went to the Charlton game, and I'm confident they've got enough in there to be, at, you know, a mid-table side at, mm. at least. Um, at this stage, I wouldn't be aiming for the playoffs. I think there's a quite a few strong teams in there. And um, maybe that may be a stretch too far, unless things change, you know. But um, I think it's a long-term, more so a long-term project, really, for Aski. He needs time. Mm. Of course, he had a lot of years at Macclesfield. And, yeah, I think he's in it for the long haul. Of course, I've brought in 15 players. You're not going to get results instantly on those players. Um, I feel like they need to try and just stick... With a bit of familiarity at the moment, some of the lads that have been been there and done it. Um, that's why I've been surprised to see Matt Sadler on the bench for the past two games. But yeah, um, yeah, Wally, Sean Wally's going to be a key player. Lionel John Lewis got the goal at Charlton. I feel like you just need to, be, you know, these players that have been here for a couple of years, um, they come to the fore even more uh, at this stage. Mm. They. Uh, they need to come up with the goods and I think you know starting Sadler for this weekend's game against Blackpool I think that should be a move that Askey makes because uh, I feel like they're missing when he's not in the team yeah he's a big big player for them isn't he and you know, obviously he's got to come to the fore now but it's always going to be tough to follow last season but what's been the main problem for you with town these first three games because you know they've not they've not got the results that they wanted what's been the biggest problem do you think um so there's a, there's a couple of things and again let's let's put this in perspective it's it's two league games and a, and a cup game yeah um it's very early doors there's no reason to to panic massively and 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 if the, if they'd won all these games there'd be no reason to get too excited um the goalkeeper is one that you look at because Dean Anderson was so key last mm. season so vocal, such a presence, real fan favourite. Everybody got behind him. And even McGill right to an extent, who of course has gone now to, to Portsmouth. Um, Joel Coleman's come in on line from Huddersfield. Mm. Didn't cover himself in glory for uh, for the Templeton goal in the uh, in the Burton game last night. And he's going to need a bit of time. He hasn't played a lot of football. And this is the things we... Yeah. We goalkeepers, when when they haven't played a lot of football, it takes them a while to to, to bed in. You just got to get mm. match sharp, and um, yeah, I think a bit of patience will be needed with him. Maybe you know, from what I've seen so far, I don't think he'll perhaps have as much of an influence on the side as Henderson did last season because yeah. Henderson was kind of a rare a rare case really where somebody comes in on loan and becomes such so ingrained in the team he was almost a cult hero wasn't he yeah yeah he was a, a, a cult hero is sometimes a player that is kind of a favourite of the fans despite not actually being that good but mm. the, you know he he was worth you know all the efforts to bring him in from Manchester United for the yeah. season because he, he was absolutely fantastic and you know goalkeepers like him 
at a, a return premium. They're, they're not they're not widely available. So it's a case of making do with what they have. And Coleman, you know, seems a, a fairly steady pair of hands, but whether he's you know that kind of game changer, worldy save maker that like Henderson, I don't think he quite will be. But it's just a case of having a bit of faith in him. Mm. Um, and the midfield as well. They've just got to figure out who who goes where in there. To be honest, because John Nolan's gone, yeah, and he was such a source of goals and creating goals last season. Of course, has gone and joined Paul Hurst at Ipswich. Um, so the the big thing is finding the man who replaces him. Uh, Greg Doherty's coming from Rangers and seems to be the mo- the more attack minded of the midfield three. Mm-hmm. Josh Lawrence seems to be the workhorse like a go-go was, but not quite as energetic. Um, a bit more tall, a bit more leggy. And then Norburn seems to be the man who kind of has the Ben Godfrey role from last season, mm. the deep-lying playmaker. Um, it's just a case of giving them time. I think they need a, a bit of time to settle in. So uh, we'll see how things go. But it, it, there's no... There's no need to panic. It's as I say, it's it's uh, it's three games, but uh, you look at the the positions at the moment. You you'd say the, you know, in goal and midfield are the are the two key areas really. Yeah, and considering some of the players that have gone, Abu Gogo, Junior Brown, Rodman, Bryn Morris on loan, Stefan Payne's gone, Toto and Siola and John Nolan obviously joining Paul Hurst. There's a lot of players who have gone, and a lot of players you got to replace, and a lot of players you got to gel together again. I don't know about you, but this Paul Hurst taking Nolan and Siala, it just it doesn't. The timing could have been much much better for me. Yeah. I feel like Paul Hurst has almost done a little bit of a number on Shrewsbury. Maybe not intentionally, because you know he's got all this time to bring in the players he wants. But I mean, he's unsettled them at the arguably the worst possible time and then brought them in. He, he has, and you do have to, you know, as you say, you have to look at it and have to wonder whether it is a calculated move. Um, he doesn't seem that kind of guy, but you look at the way he left Shrewsbury, didn't leave in a you know in, in the best of circumstances. Mm. Um, and it was the same when he left Grimsby as well. He, I mean, he's got a bit of history there, but got a, you know got a leaving clubs in the lurch almost. Um, look, uh, Hurst is very ambitious, and on on the face of it, who can who can really blame him for moving up a league and you know believably trebling his money at mm. um, at Ipswich. But um, yeah, these these were always going to be players that he was looking at, and um, you know we got to the point where we we almost thought that oh, maybe they're, maybe they're not going to leave after all. But then yeah. you know right at the last minute he comes and gets them. So that's the big problem for me. I, f- I feel like Paul Hurst. Yes, you can leave. Go, it's fine. You know, at the end of the day, you're moving up a division. Even if Shrewsbury Town had gone up in the playoff final, you still think it's which is probably a bigger draw for him. Yeah. He would have but gone anyway, yeah. He would have gone anyway. Make your move for the players once you're in and just don't leave fans expecting players like Nolan and Siola, who are so influential. Don't get fans thinking that they could be hanging around. That's the one thing, I don't know, it bothers me a little bit. I understand, obviously, he wants these players and these are players that he's worked with previously, but he just doesn't strike too well with me, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really sit sit well with me, Ivan. I'm sure it doesn't with, with a lot of Shrewsbury fans. And it's, it's because... It, it left town in a position where they didn't really, they weren't really able to get, from what I see, an out-and-out replacement for Nolan. Mm. Um, of course, they brought in Luke Waterfall for Frenziala, and he's got a decent pedigree. 
um, having been captain at Lincoln for a couple of years. But um, Doherty comes in online from Rangers. He seems to be kind of a late runner um, from yeah. from the little I've seen of him. He does look like to you know get on the end of get on the end of crosses. Just not quite sure at this stage whether he'll be such a creative outlet as Na- as Nalden was. And uh, I mean Nalden for me, I mean spoke to Lewis about him in the past, and I do have my reservations as well as whether he can you mm. know be quite as effective in the championship. But uh, I'm just don't, not quite sure if he's got that turn of speed um, to to be that successful at that level. But there's no doubting that Shrews will be missing him and the Miss Toto as well. Um, it's just a case of adjusting, hopefully quickly, we've had them. There we go. We'll get on to the Blackpool game a little bit later, Joe. We'll do, do a little bit of a, a preview for that one for you. But let's move on to a segment which you've prepared for us. Um, a segment which comes of the double-barrelled variety. Right, yeah. So, Shrewsbury fans all, all know this. They've got two double barrel surname strikers in uh, Linnell John Lewis. Yes. Who, of course, scored at Charlton. And he's the club captain. Yes. So, you know, Lenny, can't fault him. Lenny and, and Aaron Amady Holloway has come in as well. Yes. And they're vying for the, uh, the coveted uh, prize of being the best double barreled Shrewsbury Town striker. Ah. Um, but there's, a, there's another battle going on at Telford as well. So you've got Amari Morgan Smith. Yes, he's done, he's done all right. And Matt Barnes' arm is back on non contract terms as well. So. It, you know, this is this this is the double-barreled surname striker war. On this is this is bigger than League One, National League North, Premier League, oh, World Cup the, the, put together. It, it's massive. You know, all we need is you know Bradley Wright Phillips to come back from America <laughs> and blow, blow them all out the water. But the, the the a couple of them have got goals. Lenny, who's who's winning the war, Joe? Who's winning this war at the moment? Well, Lenny and Amari are are joint. First, so so Linnell John Lewis, as we say, scored against uh, against Charlton. Mm. Amari Morgan Smith got the goal against Southport in in Telford's uh, opening day win. Amadi Holloway yet to get off the mark competitively for for Salop. Um, Matt Barnes Armour yet to play a competitive minute for Telford, so it oh. may be a while until <laughs> he gets off the mark. But uh, that's how your double barrelled striker standings are at the moment. If I was to pick, if I was to pick one, go on, right, that I think will win it, I'm going to go with the books. I'm going to go with Amari Morgan Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say Lenny. He's just not a starter, is he? That's the thing. He started against Burton last night, and you know, you you you're rooting for him to kind of capitalise on his chance, but he always looks more effective coming off the bench. Mm. Um, he's you know a hold up player, one of these players that you know if you're wanting to. Hold on to a lead, you whack it into the corners, and Lenny will just hold it up a treat. But um, yeah, Amari he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth for Telford. I think he could uh, get into double figures yeah. this season. So, as you can guess, everyone, we will be keeping track of these double barrel strikers through the season. And God forbid they bring some more in before the end of the well, season. We'll be we'll be adding them in as well. Well, we had Sylvan Ebanks bike at Telford last season as well, yes. a former Shrewsbury player as well. I mean, he's at Isles in town at the moment. I don't think he'll be returning to either side uh, any time soon. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. That that there was a double barrel strike crew scored against Town at the weekend. Was that Carl and Ahern Grant? Oh. And then they had another one come come off the bench. A Hackett Fairchild. 
Well, that's a name that is Hackett Fairchild. So yeah, there's plenty of plenty of them. I mean, yeah. you know, we've got four of them across our two teams. So. You know what I'm thinking, Joe? We should set up a Hall of Fame, oh, a double-barreled Hall of Fame. And you know what? Here we go. We're going to come up with free entrance for the very very first week, and every week we're going to come up with another one to add to our double-barreled Hall of Fame. The, the, surely there can't be that that many. There must be. Well, I'm starting with three. Go on. Right, you mentioned him earlier. My first nominee, Sylvan Ebanks Blake. Yeah, no, I don't think Shrewsbury and Telford fans will take too kindly to that one. But you, what about you, the Wolves fans? Yeah, well, this is a this is a Shropshire podcast, isn't it? You know. Good point. Good point. Equally, Sean Wright Phillips. He was a big name, double barrel as well. Big name. I'll, I'll take that, yeah. I mean, he played for Chelsea, didn't he? And I mean, well, I say played for Chelsea. I use that term loosely, but uh, yeah, Man, no, Man no, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that gets a pass. Yeah, that gets a All pass. Right. My third, my third and final nominee for the Hall of Fame of double-barreled players, not just strikers. A man I I know and well, I don't know him. A man I love from his time at Aston Villa. As you can tell, I'm an Aston Villa fan. Nigel Rio Coker. He's nailed in for that Hall of Fame. Why he was he was pants for you? No, he wasn't. He, he was. was a, he, he was a great little player. No, no. It, the, the 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 some some players get by by doing nothing, and uh, <laughs> can't and, believe the claim you're about to come out with. And, that. I, and I think uh, Nigel Rial Kaka fits that bill. I, I, I just don't know where he's had the career he's had. To be honest, I can't believe this. I think it is perhaps because of his name. Maybe, you know, it, 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 maybe it's the double-barreled effect. You know, I, if his name was, you know, <laughs> Simon Jones, I'm not, I'm not quite so sure he's having the career he's had. Do you reckon if you got a double-barrel name, you're more likely to uh, make an impact now? Maybe. Yeah, you know, if Oxlade Chamberlain sounds better than Alex Chamberlain, it makes him sound. It, you know, well, he's add, got a nickname off of it. Hasn't of adds, the Ox. adds intrigue. It's like you know, du- you know. Double, double the name, double the value. It's, yeah, I think it adds. I think it adds to it. You know what's not fun though? If you're getting a shirt printed, one of them names on. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's an absolute struggle for parents. Do you know how much shirt printing costs nowadays? Any like, I think the last time I checked, it was about seventy-five p a letter. And with inflation, it's it's got. I'm sure it's more than that now. Seventy-five p a letter and about three quid a number. So you've got Amity Holloway, Shrewsbury. Do they do they charge for the 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 hyphen too? Good point. That is. If they're oh, charging for that, that is absolute yeah, daylight robbery. Yeah. They need to be wearing barrel carvers. Amadi Holloway. That's. I mean, that's 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 a that's a big one to get on your on the back of your shirt, yeah. isn't it? There. A lot of the time, it don't look great either because it's it's almost like a big like almost a rainbow on the back yeah. of your shirt because they got to fit it all on. But I tell you what, a funny story. I remember getting one of my last football shirts, which my dad bought me, was a goalie goalkeeper top, right. I wanted Hatfield on the back. That's my last name, Hatfield. My dad was like, nah, mate, you're not getting that. He's like, oh, you can have your first name. I was like, who has their first name on the back of a shirt? So like, I tell you what, you can have your middle name. You know what my middle name is? Sebastian. Shortened down to Seb. He said you can have Seb because it's the shortest one. I, I reckon you, you actually might be the only person who's ever had their middle name on the back of a football shirt. So I've never, ever known that. Me neither. Before. What were you thinking? It wasn't my choice. I was about eight years old. I went to JJB Sports, or was it even was it Sports Division? It was, I think it was Sports Division. That's how long ago it was. 
before my before my uh, before, before your my time. time yeah. <laughs> and we went there, and my dad was like, "You can buy the shirt." The shirt was thirty pounds. It's not, not thirty pounds anymore, by the way, for a football shirt. And then you know, I was, I was like, "Can I get my name and number?" And he was like, mm, "We'll have a look at the prices." And then got Seb one. Surely you can just go Luke. I could have, but it's a letter more. Because you you. You're confu- confusing people there because people, you know, you're playing football and people are calling you Seb and your name's Luke. It's like what? It's I tell you what. That's that's a shocker. That is, mate. That's unforgivable. Yeah, well, raise that with my father, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have a word with him next time he's around. All right, let's move on. Telford now. Telford. Let's talk some Telford, Joe. I know you'll love this because you are our resident Telford reporter here at the Shropshire Star. Yes. And. In stark contrast to Shrewsbury Town, they have had quite a start, haven't they, the Bucks? Yeah, and it's, it's took me by surprise, to be honest. And it's took it's taken quite a lot of people by surprise. Um, you know, four games in now, um, unbeaten, two wins, two draws, beating Brackley Town 2-1 on Tuesday night, which mm. you know, was a big, big result, um, especially when you take into the fact that the loss of the last game at home against Brackley 3-1 and then 6-0. <laughs> Uh, before that, which was an absolute horror show. Bit of a bogey team then. Before yeah, the they have been a bogey team. And, and they're a good team, you know. They, they won the FA Trophy last season yeah. at, at Wembley. They uh, they got to the playoff final, uh, losing to Harrogate, who, for me, were probably better than Salford, um, who won the league for large spells of last season. So beating them 2-1, you know, and, and the new book's head was rocking last night. Mm. Honestly, it's... Uh, you know, it's 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 really refreshing to see uh, after you know three years of toiling away at the at the at the wrong end of the table. You know, fans are actually you know having a bit of something to sink the teeth into at the moment. Uh, I know we we say it with Shrewsbury as well. It's early days. Yeah, but you can't help but get you know a bit exo- a bit excited. Um, these players and the new manager Gavin Cowan don't seem to just be about resting on the laurels and you know. Just taking points here and there, they, they genuinely feel that they can win any game that they're playing, mm. and uh, they've got a lot of experience in the team now. Players who now the division, they've got a good strike force. I mentioned Morgan Smith there. I mean, he didn't even start last night. Uh, Daniel Ludo scores; uh, he's off the mark. Um, Daryl Knight's off the mark as well, and you know you've got your three strikers there in in uh, Morgan Smith, Udo. And Andre Brown have all got a goal each um, yeah. after four games, and that's exactly what you want. You know, you've, you've got you've got three strikers there; they're all off the mark, and I think all all three of them could be aiming for double figures this season. They've all been a menace in this division over over the past few years, and uh, I think you know there is reason for optimism at Telford. We spoke a lot last season about getting experience in at the back. Yeah, they looked to you know very naive there at times to be honest last season mm. and they've brought in Theo Street um, you know he won the, won the league with Solly Moors a few years back oh that, Solly Moors what team by the way well down, they're, they're only down the road from me I, I live it, around the corner hello, this is why I think you, you'd quite like Telford as well because there's a bit of a Solly Moors connection now Kerwin was there um, Street was there the goalkeeper last, last Sheridan season. Martinez and, and now he's back and at Telford he was there that you know, Davil Knights was there. You know, Fiel Street. Say. So there, you know, there's a bit of a Solly Moore's connection there, mate. Yeah, B ninety one. Yeah, yeah, and and it, 
it's a Solio Moors team that won the division. Yes. So, you know, they, these are players that have been there, they've done it. And uh, they're not just, you know, looking to make up the numbers. Uh, they want to make a mark in this league. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen so far, I'd back them to, to have a good season. Promotion, you know, you can't. You can't. You can't rule it out. You can't massively rule it in. Yeah. Um, just because you know there's so many not teams. Off just a couple of games. Anyway. Not just off a couple of games, but you know, with the playoffs going down to seventh, hmm. if you're just solid, as Telford have been in these first four games, conceding just two goals in four games, if you can carry that on, you know, and if you go on a, on a run after Christmas, you know, it, it, it's anybody, it's anybody's for the taking, to be honest. So. Yeah, good good start from Telford. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. And they've done it in a blooming home kit at last. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for anybody unaware, Telford have had a bit of a a bit of a mare with a kit uh, <laughs> this summer. To be honest, um, not so happy with the providers, are they? I don't no. Um, Hummel and Hummel have had a few problems with. It's not just Telford, uh, Charlton, Forest Green. Um, Western Supermare being another. I think there was a few musings that even Osasuna abroad have struggled as well. Yeah. Um, basically, Telford were without their home kit for the first home game of the season, and they had to wear the blue away kit for the win against Southport. Um, they finally got it delivered uh, for the Bratley game. Um, it's yet to go on general sale, um, but does. It is it is a quite nice kit. Yeah, I, nice I think a lot of fans will think it'll be worth the wait. Um, and, and at this sort of level, national north level, of course, you know, kit manufacturers have kind of you know a, 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 you, the people and the teams who are at the top level, of course, take precedence. So yeah, they've the got because the books aren't a priority. I don't. No, think. not exactly. I mean, they've got they've got Rangers on on you know on a big contract. I think they were the one that wanted to get sorted and they managed to get that done. So. Um, yeah, so Telford are perhaps a, a bit lower down the list, but it seems to be finally sorted now. And uh, yeah, they're doing, they're, they're looking the part in it and they're, they're playing some good football. Can't wait until it comes down general sale, mate. Can't wait. Oh, you can get, uh, you know, Morgan Smith on the back or Barnes Army, you know. Oh, not for the money that's going to cost me, mate. <laughs> We've been through this. So let's talk about Gavin Cowan because he's, he's taken over from Rob Edwards now. Yeah. What, what has he done to revitalise this club? Which, let's be honest, toward the back end of last season, you know, there was talk of relegation. Yeah, I mean, you, you look six months ago. Six months ago, this club was on the floor. Um, spirits were. I mean, I've been covering covering them for the best part of three years now, and spirits were arguably at an all time low. Mm. Um, a lot of players had been brought in on loan from Wolves. You know, to varying uh, levels of levels of success. Uh, Ryan Giles was fantastic. He's done a job for Wolves. In He's done a job for Wolves in pre-season. He was fantastic. Um, Connor Johnson was decent. You know the other three: uh, Leek, Simpson, Hayden were just not ready at all uh, for the rigors of National League North. You almost felt sorry for him. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, the, this this season, Kevin has come in. You can tell he's a former defender um, and, a, and a defender that has played. In National North, and now yeah. Rob Edwards was a defender as well. But um, Kevin knows what it takes. You, so much of it is being robust and being hard to break down, and, you, and that's a platform on which you can build. Mm. And uh, you know they've brought in Fiat Street as I say that 
Cowan knows from his time at Solihull and being with him at Nuneaton as well. They're good friends off the pitch. And uh, he's coming alongside Shane Sutton, who has come on leaps and bounds in this year, really. Uh, I mean, he's admitted it himself that it took him a while to adjust after coming over from the Welsh Premier, where he was with Newtown for the best part of a decade. Um, and he, he, you know, almost wins every header now. Yeah. And it's the same with Street. And, that, and that's such a big part of it. You know, you haven't necessarily got to be the most flashy, like these lads who came in from Wolves try to be, you know, trying to play it out from the back. Just win your headers, win your tackles, and then let your, let your midfield players do that work. Yeah. And that seems to be what, what Telford are doing. And uh, they're building from the back. Um, and they're looking with each game like it's clicking more and more going forward. Uh, you do wonder whether they're going to be exactly free scoring. Um, but, you know, four goals f- from as many games isn't, isn't you know, too bad of a return, to be honest. Um, Not bad at all. And there is, there, and of course, there is room for improvements. Cowan's stressing that, you know, the. That they've beat Brackley and they've they've beat Southport. Got very respective draws against Kidderminster and Guiseley. Mm-hmm. But he's striving for more. He, he he wants. He's always pushing the players, and that's how it should be. And uh, he realises that Telford have had you know, a really rough few years, competing against relegation. And he's not he's not settling for that. He uh, he wants to give fans something to really sink the teeth into. And credit to him for that. And. Uh, Best of luck to him. He's done. He's done a good job so far. Yeah, he has. What would you, What do you think has been key for him? You reckon it's a mixture of these? Is it recruitment, playing style, or something else? I think recruitment's been a big thing, and so as I, as I say, so often last season it was they were just crying out for an experienced centre half. Really were crying out for it. Yeah. Um, I think it was something that Rob Edwards tried to address, but just weren't able to do it. They, they brought in Dom Smith towards the end, and and, and he had. He had an influence. He was he was much, you know, looked much better than what had you know been in there previous. Um, and it, of course, he's still with the club, being kept out at the side by a Street at the moment. Mm. But um, looking a lot stronger at the back, and that, and that's that's the big thing. You've got to you've got to build from the back. Make sure you're solid. Don't ship goals because Telford, in the run, especially in the run up to Christmas last year, we're conceding three or four goals quite regularly and they're mm. giving themselves mountains to climb and uh, it doesn't look like that'll be the case this year it looks like they'll hold their own and re- relatively staying in games if they're going to lose games I can't see them losing by three or four it's going to be by one or two and with the strikers that they've got now you know Udo Morgan Smith and uh, Brown they've got pace to hurt teams mm. and uh, yeah you, you always back them to you know push teams hard and you know look to get something from every game that's it and they look much more assured to me anyway so who's been the most impressive for you in terms of this season so far obviously it's a very young season but who's been most impressive in that Telford squad Theo Street has had quite a lot of um, quite a lot of applause from the fans just for his, his talking his, his, you know, his obvious leadership skills um, he's been named club captain they've taken a similar Roots of Shrewsbury is where they've yeah. got a team captain and a club captain. Shane Sutton is the the team captain, but he's he's not a traditional centre half in the, in the fact that he's not the most vocal. Yeah, um, he does can be seen organising, but he, he kind of lets everybody kind of get on with the jobs. Doesn't try to be too overbearing. Um, Unlike some of his haircuts. 
<laughs> I mean, Shane, you're a quality, good quality player, mate. But some of the haircuts, especially last season, wow. he, has, he has he has turned it down a, a bit now. To be fair to him, and uh, he, he's gone for the more of a of a clean uh, look now, and he's got that you know menacing beard. If if if, if you're a striker in, in National North, you don't want to be coming up against him because he it's he, terrifying. He's imposing. <laughs> he's imposing, but he, he's a he's a lovely lad as well. He's he's a really nice guy, um, and then. You've got James McQuilkin who's coming in midfield uh, from Kidderminster Harriers. He just adds an air of composure to that midfield for mm. um, you know really fine passer of the ball, um, can chip in with a fair share of goals and assists as well, I reckon. And uh, Adam Dawson's the wild card. He hasn't started yet, but he uh, came on and set up Daryl Knights yeah. um, against Brackley. And this guy, his feet, his footwork is just—it's almost. It kind of looks like a blur sometimes because yeah. it, it, it's that quick how he how he moves his feet. I mean, he's he's been on the books at Leicester. He's been on the books at Wigan. I think he's 25 now and he's had about 15 clubs. He's got a bit of a bad rap. Mm. Um, they reckon he's you know got a bit of a bad reputation. But I've spoke to him and he said it all comes from a good place. He's just determined to do well. Yeah. And uh, Kevin knows him from from uh, from Nuneaton. He, he played with him there. And the, I think there's a bit of trust between the two, so uh, hopefully he can kind of make a home of, mm. of, of being at Telford, and I think he's one that really can excite fans and get him on the feet because, as I say, he's so fleet-footed, so quick across the ground, and uh, I feel like he could be one to, yeah, really get the fans going. Keep your eye on him. One man we did touch on earlier, Sheridan Martinez. Now last season, <laughs> Sheridan, I I felt for Sheridan because he didn't what he didn't see. Any time on the pitch? No, not a competitive minute last season. No. And it was a struggle for him, but we did see him recently against against Brackley. What did you make of his performance? Because we, we were talking off-air about him earlier, and I must admit, I thought it was ideal podcast material. Right, it was it was topsy-turvy, let, let's, <laughs> let's say. Um, honestly, some of the saves he made were absolute top-class, top-level saves. Um, point blank range headers that he's tip wide somehow. Um, I, I mean, I've spoke to him, spoke to you about him before. He's he's got to be six foot four, six foot five. He's very well built, probably you know fourteen, fifteen stone. He's an absolute unit, and you you do think whether he's you know going to get down to make the saves, but he does. Mm. He, he does he, and he, he's you know he's entertaining to watch, but that's. That's what Kevin wants to calm down. I spoke to him afterwards and he says he wants him to be a bit more predictable almost. Mm. Um, you want a bit of an equilibrium, as, as he put it, because um, a moment that kind of summed Martinez up was Leanne loves bearing through on goal for, for Brackley and, and Martinez stops him. Uh, fantastic interception, but the ball's still loose. And then he goes for the second bite of the cherry, ends up tripping and love for the penalty. Mm. Um, but then he saves the penalty. And, uh, All's well that ends well, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> All is well that ends well. And, and by the end of it, he probably deserved a clean sheet because, you know, he, he had he had a few sticky moments, a couple of, you know, ones which he could have caught and he decided to parry. And there's one that almost slipped his grasp and, you know, rolled in up, up, back, you know, towards goal, which... Uh, Shane Sutton ended up clearing off the line, so it's uh, <laughs> it was a it was an action-packed performance, and um, yeah, you know, I felt 
felt a bit sorry for him that he didn't quite get the clean sheet in the end. But uh, you know, he's it, probably going to be. You look at it, the number two. But um, you know, he's, he's, he's done him. He's done himself. He's done himself justice, I think. And mm. it, it, and he just, as I say, it comes with playing games. He's not played a lot of games. He didn't play a competitive minute for Telford last season. Yeah, he's back there now. And um, hopefully, yeah, he, he can do well because he's he's a nice lad. He's a he's a really good lad. Really humble. Uh, wants to work hard. Really grateful for the opportunity. So uh, yeah, I wish him well. Yeah, fingers crossed to him. Joe, do you know what it's time for? Uh, go on. You know when you go to Glastonbury, have you ever been to a festival? It's a bit muddy. What do you put on? Wellingtons. You put on your wellies. It's time for welly watch, Joe. Welly watch. Hit me with it. Wellington amateurs. Let's talk about them. Wellington amateurs, right? We we want to get behind Wellington amateurs this season, don't we? We do. We, we want do. to get we want to get behind Wellington amateurs because last season was a bad season. How there's, bad, Joe? How there, bad? There's no there's no sugarcoating it to be honest. So to put you in perspective, Wellington amateurs finished rock bottom in the West Midlands Premier League last season. Okay. 38 games, three wins, eight draws, 27 losses, 38 goals scored, 139 conceded. So, Ooh. bad season. Yes. Bad season. Steve pa- Steve Barrow and Juan de Pazzo were the management team, the Venezuelan uh, Juan de Pazzo. Good mates with Salomon Rondon, yeah? Yep. Yeah, you know, almost like brothers, I, I heard. But <laughs> um, they're, they're gone now. And Lee Mitchell's come in um, after a merger... We've Alcan Gates Athletic, yes, who were the home of Danny Guthrie towards the start of last season before he went off, you know, to Asia for. Uh, he's rocking, rocked up somewhere in Asia. I'm not quite too sure where, but yeah. um, he, he's he's playing over there now. But uh, so there's been a merger, new players, new management, fresh start. Looking to bring the good times back to School Grove. Yes, they're in the West Midlands Division One. And they had an absolutely flying start. 5-1 win against Bustle That's what we like to see. Bouncing back. Bouncing back. No hangover. That's what we want to see. Oh, struggle with a hangover, mate. But then they were brought back down to earth with a 2-1 loss uh, against Worcester Raiders. But uh, Worcester, though, good team. Good team, you know, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good good side. So, very respective start um, for Lee Mitchell's side. You know, we'll be keeping you informed on the... Their results this season because we we want them to do well, you know. We it, do. You know, after, after such a tough season, I spoke to a few people there, and you know, especially Barrow in his time there was always you know looking at the positives, you know, despite you know it not going their way for for large spells. But mm. uh, yeah, we're wishing them well because they're, they're a good bunch down there, and uh, hopefully they can uh, yeah have some more positive results to uh, sink the teeth into this season. That's it, and we'll be keeping you up to date on Welly Watch every other week with this podcast. So yes. let's hope that they go and do well and go and you know have a season. win the league. Yeah, exactly. Win, win the, the league. league. Come do on, the opposite of what happened last season. We yeah, love yeah. that. Bounce back. For, yeah, first well attempt. Week. Come on. Let's talk as well, very, very briefly, uh, TNS. TNS lost their Europa League third qualifying round game against FC Michelin 2-0. Got a chance to try and recoup that. TNS are a side which a lot of people talk about regarding the Champions League. They did have that game against Liverpool for a few years back now. TNS, what do you make of them? Um, I mean, the, the model is... You know, get that Champions League run, Europa League run, and 
basically that's that is their their model. That that is their money maker. Um, they're the only you know professional outfit I believe still in in the pre, in the Welsh Premier. Um, you know they win it pretty much. You know without I say without challenge, but you know the the win it soundly most seasons. Um, these European trips are, are, are good fun. You know mm. they're, they're good fun. They're, let's. Are they ever going to make the Champions League proper though? That's, never, that's yeah, a big question because yeah. every time I see them, when, when I first got the job here, I'm going to be completely honest. I wasn't really aware of TNS. No. And then you see them, you know, getting le- like Champions League football, and you're like, whoa, one minute. And then you find out they're playing teams like Lincoln Red Imps, and there's yeah. a lot of qualifying rounds. Will they ever get there? You reckon? Um, not, not too sure to be honest. Um, I, I won't, won't be able to see it in the next, you know, three or three or four years. But you know. I can't. I can't blame him for trying. Fair, fair play to him. And even if it's you know the qualifying rounds, you're in the Champions League, and yeah. um, you know there's a lot of prestige, a lot of honour uh, that comes with that. And uh, you know that not, not many teams can say that, and not many players, in fact, can say that they've played in the Champions League or the Europa League. Mm. And uh, you know these TNS boys can can say it, and they can say it proud. Um, I'd back him to to win the Welsh Premier again this season, possibly one of the cups or poss- possibly both of them, um, and go again in in and look to you now progress few, few through a few of those uh, qualifying rounds of the Champions League next year. But uh, yeah, I, the model it seems you know it seems to work for them. Best of luck to him because uh, you know it's as I say, Champions League's not to be uh, not to be. Past, it's it's a it's a good opportunity to play yeah. in that competition. Fingers crossed, Scott Rusko and his men. Scott Rusko, sorry. Yep, Scott Rusko. Yeah, good good man. All right, let's talk Shrewsbury again. We had one question come in uh, regarding Shrewsbury. We'll quickly get on to that one. Um, Shrewsstand asks, "What's the best result Shrewsbury can realistically hope for? Are we being too greedy and hoping for the playoffs? And how much time should Askey have before fans start to get on his back? They've got Blackpool this weekend. Yeah." Is it is a good chance now for 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 Asky to get at least a point on the board? Yeah, you want a point against them. They've got a caretaker manager. They've they've had a bit of a tough summer. Um, you're looking at at least a point, if not all three, against them. Um, the in terms of the aim for the season, I'd probably say top half, uh, top ten, probably top ten mm. is is where I'd look. Um, Playoffs, yeah, who knows? Come Christmas, we might have to reassess, but uh, I'd say initially top 10 is, uh, is what you're looking at. Mm. Um, as I say, I don't think you know, Shrewsbury will kind of um, you know, return to, to the ways pre-Hurst where you know, they're scratching around bottom of the table and kind of yo-yoing between League 1 and 2. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like they've got enough there to be competitive. Yeah. They're just not sure they've... You know, you need a quick start, and I I just think it's going to take him a bit of time to gel. Um, and I think that come the end of the season, you may look back and think ah, that's why we didn't quite get to the playoffs. Mm. Um, but in terms of give it, in terms of when they can get on his back, um, you've got to at least give it ten fifteen games of the season until you can really start to get a feel for for where you're going. Yeah. Um, of course, you want to see your team winning. And you want to see it sooner rather than later, but uh, yeah, you, I just got to give him a bit of slack, especially coming off the back of last season, which, as we've mentioned, was so stunning. You know, mm. for finishing third, 
get into the you know the playoff final, check try trophy final. No made one a rod, made a rod for your own back there. Yeah, no one, no one expected that at all. And um, you know, Askey's coming in and got to try and live up to that. And uh, yeah, I think I think the realistic aim for now is top top ten. And um, and then you know, if if they are on course for that come Christmas, then perhaps have a bit of a you know, try and get in some reinforcements in January to try and get them over the line for the playoffs. Yeah. Match prediction for this one this weekend? Shrewsbury Town versus Blackpool? I'm going to go 2-0 Shrewsbury. 2-0 um, clean yeah. sheet as well. I like that yeah, optimism. I, I, yeah. Um, I just feel like the, the, they've had an extra kick in the backside over the you know these past few days. You know, Charlton, the loss there, despite not really playing all that bad. Charlton, I wasn't really convinced by either. Um, I didn't think they were, were too too great, to be honest. Bit of a nightmare to get down there for you as Bit well. Bit of a nightmare to get down there, yeah. Didn't get back out until one o'clock in the morning, but you know. Were you in work the next day as well? No, unfor- no fortunately, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that less said about that journey, the better. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I think, yeah, I think 2-0, after, especially after that cup, cup loss as well. You know, Askey will have got into the players this week in training and I feel like they'll come out, uh, you know, and, and get... And get the and get the place uh, rocking. And one thing that we should mention with Shrewsbury is, um, you know, an undoubted positive so far is um, the safe standing. The uh, yes, the, the the atmosphere that that has drummed up. Um, you know, about twenty seven hundred there for the uh, Burton game, but from what I'm hearing from Lewis, you know, it's only like a full house. Mm. Um, that is something that really could set them apart this season. Made history as well. Made history, first club in England and Wales to do it. Um, so, yeah, if there is, if you're looking for positives at the moment, if you're looking for crumbs of comfort, that's definitely, definitely one. Mm. Because you know Shrewsbury, you know, a, a trendsetter is the leading the way in that aspect, and um, that could really be, you know, what galvanises Aski and his team, gets them going, and uh, hopefully they can get off the mark and get that uh, that first win on a, on Saturday. Yeah, certainly. Let's hope so for that. And especially after uh, Askey as well quoted after after the game with Burton, he said his team were a little bit naive. Didn't seem too happy with them. No, and he weren't. He weren't too. He was. He was a bit more. He was a bit more positive after the Charlton game. He he, he thought it was improved on the Bradford performance. Um, yeah, I, as I say against Charlton, I didn't think they were necessarily that bad. Mm. I just didn't think they quite had the incision to. To really trouble Charlton all that much, uh, the players are just working each other out. Yeah, they just they look like a team of individuals at the moment, um, and that and that's why I've I've been surprised to see uh, Sadler out the team. I just feel like you know if you've got that familiarity, you've got your team captain there who can kind of you know guide some of the new lads through. Mm. I, 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 that's that's why I've just been surprised to see him out the team for the past couple of games, but. Uh, yeah, I feel that yeah they can get this win this weekend, settle the nerves a little bit. I mean, it's not not saying it's going to be a dramatic turnaround and then everything will be everything will be rousy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just kind of ease the nerves, get that first win, and uh, hopefully go on the uh, on the right path. Yeah, you said that Charlton trip was one not worth talking about. How about AFC Telford travelling to Spennymoor Town this weekend? <laughs> Only 182 miles for the funds that one. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think there'll be a surprising number of fans making the trip, though. 
Yeah, well, uh, the mood, the, the mood around yeah, the club, yeah. it almost I'd be surprised sense. if there was, you know, towards 100 that go. Um, 266 were at um, Kidderminster, um, you know, a, a week week prior to Tuesday. Um, yeah, the, and a fair number went to Goisley as well. So mm. the one there in April, uh, spending more than two on there. Uh, Ryan Giles, who we've mentioned, got got the goal, got one of the goals. Uh, Din- Marcus Dinanga with the other one. Um, so, you know, they've got they've got previous winning there. They're on a good run. I feel like a fair few will make the trip, and uh, yeah, I think Telford can get the win. Spenny more have yet to win yet. Mm. Four games in, they haven't won yet. Um, it could make for a pretty open game, to be honest. I think these are about two teams that, you know, want to want to win um, from from what. Gavin's been saying he wants to win. He's not. He's not going up there to settle for a point. He'll play for a win, and I think spending more, you know, the one to get off the mark. They're playing for a win as well, so should be an exciting game. Yeah, it really does work in their favour that location. I, I imagine you know teams travel a long way to get up there. Yeah, and the I mean they came up uh, the season before last and finished. I believe it was eighth in the end. Just missed out on that last playoff spot. It was yeah. between them and Bradford Park and. It was almost as if you know who who they were kind of who wanted it in the end because the both of them were just kind of dropping points, dropping points, dropping points, and it, it mm. just seemed you know if and either of them actually wanted it, they both came, kind of ran out of steam. But um, Spennymore, yeah, tough place to go. They were pretty strong at home last season. Um, same goes to like teams like Blythe Spartans. Oh, that's an absolute trek. Just going it? going up there, as you say, it's just a massive, massive trek. And uh, Darlington, you know, that's another tough one to go. It, they, and it's, it's not like you know your Premier League or Championship clubs who have these fancy coaches, is it? A lot of you know you, you're going up there, you're almost driving up there. It's, it's one of them where it's, it's almost like if you're travelling, say you were playing for your university team, and you're travelling to a, a university down down the other side of the country. It's not yeah. an easy trip. It's not like Premier League football are getting you know lavishly carried across the country, no, is it? No, and, and mostly the case is you're setting off at. Nine, nine o'clock in the morning or or whatever it is getting there for you know just before one and then getting a warm up in and you know the teams are announced at two that's that's usually what it is yeah um Telford had the luxury i say luxury like last year that for one or two of the those trips that they did go up the night before which for that level um is a bit unprecedented mm. um they did have that luxury I'm not sure whether they'll have that luxury this season. Um, I think you know they're they're going to be setting off in the morning, um, looking to get there, get a good warm up in, and it, yeah, it's 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 difficult. And then you straight back on the couch at six o'clock, and you know getting getting on for you know half nine, ten o'clock at night. It just it just shows kind of the level of commitment that that's mm. needed really for these part time players because a lot of these Telford players have got jobs, they've got nine to five jobs, uh, they're training of a Tuesday night, of a Thursday night. Um, and then you know these big away trips on a Saturday. S- some, some of them even train of Monday afternoons as well. Mm. Gavin's putting Monday afternoon sessions on, so it just shows the level of commitment that some of these players are showing for for a part time level of football. And uh, I think fans really appreciate that, yeah. the, uh, especially when they can see it out on the pitch. You know that, that that's that's the big thing. You know, show your commitment to training, but most of all, show it show it on the pitch, and then the commitment you were putting otherwise is highlighted even more. So, yeah, I think the fans really appreciate what the players are doing at the moment, and uh, these are away trips. They can be tough, but hopefully, they'll get the reward. Yeah, good luck to them. You got a match prediction for me? 
I feel like Telford will come out, come away with a win. Um, I feel like uh, Spennymore could well be just a bit too desperate uh, mm. to get off the mark. And Telford have been smart. They've been savvy in these uh, these first four games. They've not panicked. Uh, the road to look a little bit against against Brackley, but the rail around, saved the penalty. You know, made some good saves, some important blocks. They're not getting you know too ahead of themselves. They're holding around and picking the spots. Mm. Um, and I feel like that could be the case again. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Telford come away with a a one nil or a two nil. And uh, hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be what happens. Yeah, you're not joining them, are you, on that trip? I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm, the, I'm the the Shropshire Star editors have have you know fortunately made it so that you don't have to face that what three hundred sixty mile round trip. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going. Um, You'd be looking forward to the mileage though. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that mileage back wouldn't be too bad. Ten p a mile, you know. Yeah, but oh, yeah. no, it's uh, no, not uh, not going along to that one, unfortunately. Um, but um, I'll be keeping a close eye on on uh, what's going on. Um, I am in the office on Sunday, so I'll uh, I'll probably catch up with Gavin Cohen then yeah. and see how they got on. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a reprieve, I suppose, that I'm, I'm not having to make such a long journey. But at the same time, when the team is playing so well, you know, you do want to kind of be involved with it. But uh, mm. best of luck to them. Hopefully they'll uh, be all right without me. Yeah, I'm sure they will manage <laughs> just about. I mean, we struggle here without you, Joe, but Telford. Mind you, if they need a striker. Yeah, dust off the uh, dust off the Predators, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, that pretty much wraps it up, Joe. Well, pretty much does it. How did you find it, first Shropshire football podcast? Hopefully we've uh, not lost too many along the way, you know? I'm sure they've been clinging on to every word. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is going to be your fortnightly goodness, isn't it? You know, we're going to be chipping in with Shrewsbury talk, Telford talk, Welly Watch, Double Barrel Strikers, TNS. You know, we might even talk a bit of Whitchurch Orpals. We might talk a bit, bit about St Martins. Yeah, you know, it, it's all going on. It's all going on in Shropshire. That's it. It's a county on the rise. That's it. That's it. So, thanks to everyone for listening. If you've got any questions, anything you'd like to ask us, get them answered. Lewis Cox will be around. Hopefully for the next episode, Joe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Get yeah. Fingers crossed. Touchwood. Yeah, know. he's a busy guy, our Lewis. But if you've got any questions for Joe, Lewis, or myself, uh, feel free to drop them in uh, via Twitter, or you can contact us on our email address. Yes, Joe. Our email address. Do you know what it is? Is uh, podcast at shropshirestar.co.uk. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. And a thank you from me. We'll catch you all guys, all of you guys and girls, in two weeks' time. 